0: Morning everybody, happy day 13 of the advent calendar, day three of my mincemeat induced migraine and welcome to the news agenda with me Fleet Street Fox and today I'm joined by the Mirror's political correspondent Sophie Haskison. Morning Sophie. Good Susie, how are you? Oh, not too bad, apart from the head. Uh, now, This is the People's Pay-Per-View, so get into the comments, ask us your questions, we'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on the podcast will just have to keep taking the pills like me. Now, what have we got for you today? Well, the mirror has splashed on Rishi Sunak's stay of execution after he won last night's Rwanda Boats Bill by a comfortable 44 votes, but is nevertheless predicted to not last much longer. And more on that a bit later. But first, I want to take us to something that I suspect is more immediately important to all of us, which is the page 26 revelation that the cost of Christmas has gone up. Sophie, you, can you take us through this? How much longer are we going to have to put up with the inflation fairy squatting in our homes?
1: So yeah, this is always uh, the trouble, isn't it? We've got this chaos going on in Westminster, but largely this, is, this isn't what's affecting people in their homes right now today. So this story is um, based on some analysis by finance firm. At rift and they've basically said that xmox dinner cost has gone up to 25 pounds 61. so that's everything from your potatoes your turkey's gone up by nearly one pound 50 compared to last year you're also seeing things like your gifts your your children's clothes those are having increases of between 10 percent and 22 percent. and this is something this is one of the prime minister's five pledges he's spoken about inflation a lot obviously has an impact on price rises um and he said that he wanted to cut that he wanted to halve inflation and we've seen the prime minister celebrating this because he has halved it but that was something that was always going to happen it was always something that was forecast we was expected it to come down but it's still way above the target of 2% i mean in october it was 4.6% um which is the most recent figure for it and obviously this is having an impact on real people's lives i mean um I did a story um, at the weekend um, for Monday's paper, which was about, you know, nearly a third of children are living in families that can't save £10 a month. And we're coming up to Christmas and a lot of that, you know, Christmas time relies on, on savings. And there's kids at home in cold houses, energy bills are still high, um, food inflation's up. Many won't have a Christmas dinner this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's just, it, it doesn't
0: really work to say inflation's halved or something when in fact what that means is inflation means prices are still going up which is not quite the high rate that they were going up and of course if clothes have gone up 10%, then that just builds in, doesn't it? Because it means, okay, it's gone up 12%, then it's 13%, then it's 14%. Morning, Leslie, what do you think, everybody? Are you finding Christmas harder this year than before? How are you getting around some of the financial problems that we've all got? Are you getting things on tick? Are you changing the way you buy? Are you limiting the number of presents this year? Get into the comments and let us know what your solution is, if there is one, um, because I think everybody would like to know if that's the case. Um, and can we just go back right to the beginning, Sophie? Because I think, did you say the word Xmas? Mm, Xmas, I know. Out loud, I did.
1: I realised I said that, and I was like, "Oh gosh!" I'm at that stage in my life where I'm actually talking text talk out loud. Oh,
0: doing me! Apparently, that's a start. That's a stage those of us who are a bit older have always managed to avoid up till now. But Xmas. No. Well, what do you think, everyone? Is it all right to say acronyms and uh, and shortenings and text talk in actual oh. conversation? you find you're doing it? Or is it something that people should be shot for? Leslie said, the government is supporting the economy with handouts. We're in a recession. We're heading for a financial crash. Leslie's full of Christmas joy, joy as you can see. It's uh, not thinking that's gonna go very well in the future anyway. But what we've got here with Christmas is it's already you know, turned into a bit of a task, a festival of, of tat and consumerism and children begging for expensive single-use plastic. Families expect to be fed vast amounts of food they do not need. Um, And thanks to a variety of reasons, it's all more expensive than it was. But as you'll see from, as Rachel says, it's limiting. She's limiting presents and cards, smaller Christmas, but it is actually less stressful. So there is a benefit to it. Um, Stop selling cards altogether this year. I don't think there's much point anymore. Um, But as you'll see from the sidebar on this page, if we can just bring it up again, uh, there's a story there that you can't even drown your sorrows because wine has gone up too. Oh, my God. Sophie, what's Brexit got to do with it?
1: So yeah, we've got wine importers basically blaming Brexit for rising costs. I say that some bottles are £3.50 more than they were in 2019. I mean, this is something that for anyone who's an avid fan of I'm a celebrity like me, um, has seen Nigel Farage sort of being grilled on in the jungle. What have the benefits of Brexit been? What are, you know, we've seen net migration hit high figures, which lots of people voted for Brexit for, to, to control our borders. Um, we're seeing foods going up, uh, food prices. Now it's hitting wine, wine at Christmas, our, our mold wine, Wine um, is is becoming more expensive, and yeah, we've got importers saying that um, there's red tape, and they're blaming Brexit for this. So there's a whole host of issues that, with the UK being personally affected by, obviously lots of people are being affected by high prices across the world. But yeah, we've got some unique ones to the UK, which um, businesses are flagging.
0: They didn't put that on the bus, did they?
1: No, they didn't. Your your mulled
0: wine is going to shoot through the roof.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs)
0: Um, I bet if you ask Nigel, he'd say, well, that's Europe's fortnight hours. They're the ones with the red tape. But we're the ones with the red tape, actually, Nigel, because we insist on being outside a trading block. So therefore, there's red tape. That's what happens when you need a trading block. Ah, let's not do that again. Uh, what do you think, everybody? Um, are, you st- are you saving money on everything but still splashing out on the wine? Because otherwise, you're not going to get through the day. Um, are you just finding that this is the best possible time to go dry before Christmas because it's a bit cheaper as well? Let us know. Um and again, let us know if you've got any particular issues with Christmas and how much it's costing this year. So increased cost isn't just something that hits people in the pocket. Rachel says there, champagne's cheap. UK is producing lots due to climate change. I've got a vineyard down the end of my road that produces wine. Do you know how much it costs? 30 quid a bottle. The king drinks it. It's that It's that good. <laughs> i'm not buying it i'm afraid because it's 30 quid a bottle and it only ends up in the toilet isn't it eventually anyway now as i was saying increased cost isn't something that just hits people in the pocket and it says on that that copy at the end there, that a Salvation Army survey has found the money worries are the main contributor to feelings of hopelessness at this time of year, which, of course, that leads to arguments, domestic abuse, alcoholism, if you're working up to afford a bottle of wine, um, homelessness, all the things which make Christmas special, right, and which cost even more in the long run to the taxpayer to try and fix and solve and deal with. So what's the prime minister doing about all that, Sophie, to bring down these costs? Not just do the half inflation and then walk off and leave it and say jobs done, right? What's he actually doing to bring these costs back down to where they were, and to help and sort of allay those feelings of hopelessness which people are going to have because the economy is doing so badly? Ease the money worries, help the homeless. Um, is he, you know, I don't really see that confiscating their tents, for example, is a, is a solution to any of this.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Susie, that is the million-dollar question, isn't it? What is our Prime Minister? Should be leading us through these crises, doing about it. He is fighting with his party in the Commons, trying to quell a civil war over his Rwanda deal. We've been hearing very little from Well, that'll
0: fix it. That'll fix it. Salvation Army, are you listening? We've solved it.
1: We're hearing very little from the Prime Minister on this at the moment, and that is the real concern, you know? I went to a speech yesterday um, of Keir Starmer, and you know, he was talking about the circus in Westminster, the political theatre, and you know it's, it's a big sell when you've got someone saying, I want to come in, I want to roll my sleeves up and get practical solutions for families who are struggling. Um, we've had more news out this morning, the growth, so the economy, um, which is one of um, Rishi Sunak's five pledges as well to grow the economy, that that actually fell by 0.3% in October. So we had some growth in September of 0.2% and, you know, um, Rishi Sunak I'm sure had his very expensive champagne um, being served out in Downing Street and the party poppers going off. Um, But, you know, we're we're back to where we were and you've got people coming out this morning with reactions saying, you know, this is just um, like symbolizes a UK in decline under the Conservatives. We've had across the board calls for a general election. Um, We're seeing chaos at the heart of government when people are struggling. You know, maybe we should be putting this to the people at this point. Things aren't getting better and they haven't been for a long time now.
0: No, I think there's quite a few times people would have said, well, let's put it to the people. But that's obviously always in the hope that the people make the right decision uh, for everybody's best interest. And that hasn't always happened in history. Um, that's probably why Leslie was talking about recession, because of that shrink of 0.3% last month. But that has to be seen. I think three months consecutively, doesn't it, for the economy to shrink before you are officially in a recession. But, you know, that could be how it's it's looking in the new year. It was a long, long old uh, few weeks till payday now. Yes, that's till the next good. day in January, so everyone's going to be uh, keeping their money in their pockets for a bit. Mello says, "Stupid Brexit," mm, in caps. <laughs> uh, yes, every wine drinker agrees with you, Mello. Um, so you know we've we've got all this going on. We've got the government's reaction, as the Sophie was just saying. Really, was is to focus on immigration, and not just immigration, because we know that the government itself has allowed in seven hundred thousand odd immigrants. Uh, which is the highest record ever, but that's the thing they seem to have a problem with, but yet it was under their control when they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we've actually had uh, instead is this bill to deport a very small fraction of those people, asylum seekers, most of whom are genuine, it's got to be said, to a third country, which is Rwanda. It's I think it's the first time in the world that this plan has actually been sort of come up with by those countries that are under uh, some kind of pressure because of immigration, Um, And there was this bill, a second reading of the bill yesterday in the Commons to try and get it through. And there was the the Tory factions were factioning. And just to go back for a moment to talk about the cost of Christmas, when when Rishi got those MPs into his office in Parliament yesterday to talk over all this with breakfast, they had bacon rolls and Danish pastries. And do you know what I thought of when I saw that, Sophie? I thought they've got two breakfasts. (laughs) have given themselves two breakfasts. Well, out there in the real world, there are people of all sorts and stripes who don't give a damn about Mm. people coming across in boats, but do care a lot about the people trafficking that's not being... Every time I put my thumb up, this thing comes up on my screen, stop doing it. Um, (laughs) I've got that, it's my my eye man. They've got all this problem with people coming, not coming across on the boats, but the people operating the boats. They're not doing anything to stop it. In the meantime, they're feeding their own MPs a double breakfast just to try and get them across the line on this vote. And it did seem to work yesterday because he won by 44 votes, didn't he, Sophie? Now, that should be very comfortable. I mean, right, he's got a majority of 80 or something, but um, that, that should be quite good. So why is the mirror saying today that actually this is still the clock's just ticking down? It's merely his execution.
1: Well, this, I feel like we have, we've got a bit of a theme going on of, of Rishi Sunak kind of celebrating early on. So this is very much the first hurdle. It is incredibly rare for um, a bill to not pass its second reading. Um, So basically, for anyone who doesn't know, a bill, it, it goes into parliament and it has to go through several different stages through the House of Commons and then also through the House of Lords before it can become law. So it's got its second reading. It's just had that. Um, It's passed um, with what we we it has it has passed. And as you say, we haven't had any Tories actually vote against it. But you did get thirty seven Tories who abstained, which means they they abstained in principle. And this is because they're unsure. They still have lots of concerns. And then what we're looking to in the new year is it will be going up for its third re- reading. And this is where we're gonna start getting amendments. People want different changes to the bill. And you've got these two sides of the Tory party, the more moderate and the more hardline right-wing Tories. And now the more hardline ones have said, you know, we're not going to vote for the bill unless it isn't toughened up. You've got at least about 40 of those. But then you've got the more moderate ones on the other side saying, well, if you toughen this up more, we're not going to vote for it. So you've got Rishi Sunak kind of in this middle ground that no one's happy about. Um, and James Cleverly this morning, he, I mean, the best time he could come up with is that they're looking for a Goldilocks solution. But you've got a very difficult situation here where you've got people who don't want a Goldilocks solution. You want someone who want it really hot and someone who want it a bit more cold. Um, and, you know, Rishi Sunak, when he announced this bill um, in his press conference, said we can't change the bill anymore this is we can't change it an inch Mm. further this is as far as rwanda will agree to go so he's found himself stuck he's found himself stuck in this situation in the middle where he's got all these factions fighting among themselves as you say people are at home struggling with bills struggling with the price of christmas dinner going up um And we've just got our prime minister trying to quell fights and fire in his own party. Um, And it's not been pleasant to see. Um, And I will just say on this point as well, that we have to remember in these conversations who we're talking about, you know, and as you say, we're talking about asylum seekers. Um, This is about small boat crossings, people who are deeply, deeply desperate and have fled horrific situations. Um, These are people's lives we're talking about. And at the moment, there is a circus in Westminster. It's a game of, as Keir Starmer described it as yesterday, these self-indulgent interests. Um, and yeah, it's it's unpleasant for anyone around the country watching this. But these are our people in power. The
0: same day they were having these factional disputes in Westminster. We had the news that uh, uh, an asylum seeker, exactly the sort of person that would be sent to Rwanda if this bill were to be passed and to go through, and have Rishi Singh to have what he wants, um, took his own life on the Bibby Stockholm barge. Nice news agenda mug placement there, Sophie. Good again. Well done. Um, So we we know that you know it does have a huge impact, and that these people are troubled to start with, and um, that there's. It is not simply a case of, you know, moving a package from A to B. There's more to it than that. Duncan says, the Tories only survived this vote as they're terrified and panicking, and they know full well they're facing a Tory wipeout at the general election. We keep talking about a general election. I'll believe one when I see one. Now, you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier on there's 37 abstentions, Sophie. The mirrors today are saying 29. Have the numbers changed or something? Oh, yeah. So it's basically
1: 29 have voted against it in principle, and then you've got the other eight who... Have abstained, but for several different reasons, including be aware, being away, pairing with oh, yeah. position MPs. Um, so it is 29 who have who have voted um, oh, the yeah, ones who had, who had Yeah, who have abstained in principle. We obviously no get the Tories who actually voted against. So I'll correct myself. Um, okay. So it's it's a, so it, it it's giving Rishi Sunak this sense of wiggle room at the moment. Um, but as I said, you've got at least 40 right wing Tories who said that they're not going to vote um, for the bill in the future unless if it toughens up. Um, yes. so, yeah.
0: And 29 is the magic number, because that's the, that's the number of abstentions that we had last night which didn't have a reason for. They weren't paired with someone on the opposition benches. They didn't have an excuse being somewhere else, like at the climate summit, which they had to fly back from all the rest of it. It was 29 who abstained. And it is 29, it is exactly that figure, that would be needed to vote against At another reading to crash the bill entirely so it all sort of comes down to the the line really and the points of whether or not those 29 abstentions they're indicating they're threatening i suppose that they could crash the bill at a later date if they're not made any happier but of course as you said if they are made any happier then there's about 100 mps on the other side that then start getting very very antsy Uh, And then Rwanda as well has issues with it as well. So we've got this number of abstentions that was exactly the number you need to bring the bill down. They're still lurking there in the new year when the bill is supposed to come back to the Commons for a third reading. And of course, it also has to go to the Lords where they're going to pile a load of amendments on it. They're probably going to be like like the House of Lords are renowned to be loony lefty liberals (laughs) for a house that's got a conservative majority. I'm, I'm putting on lots of amendments about the rule of law and trying to sort of dial it down a bit. And the Commons needs to unpick that or offer concessions on it and have further ructions about how that's going to work internally in their own party. And Rishi still has this row about Rwanda going on for months to come. So what's the timescale? Where do we go next? We've had the second reading. Has it gone to the Lords now?
1: No, so we get third reading after Christmas. and so this is when it can go on for a long time, because when you've got people bringing in different amendments from both sides and everyone debating that, that can be a very difficult thing. Then you've got committee stage after that as well. So with your committee stage, this is where you've got some, your, your experts, essentially, and the committees involved in this bill have been deeply unhappy so far with the process so you've you've got the humor uh, you've got the home affairs committee and you've got public accounts committee looks after money and both of the chairs from that committee have been furious because last week it, after having repeatedly asked to find out about how much money has been sent to rwanda late in the evening around 9 p.m the figures get published on the Home Office website about 15 minutes or something after they were notified of this because, oh, we have another blunder in this um, never-ending circus of essentially the figures who accidentally put in the public domain. They ended up in a footnote of a report and the Home Office had no idea but then to reveal them. So we found out that £240 million has already been paid to Rwanda and another £50 million is to go next April. Um, So the committees, you know, they will be looking at all this detail. They will Mm -hmm. ask more questions. There's gonna be a lot of back and forth. you know, how long will Rishi Sinat survive? I mean, in the lead up to this vote alone, um, he's been on very, very icy ground. Um, Whether he manages... To, to persuade his own party and it's his own party who are tearing themselves apart from the inside um, will be uh, something that we'll get to see in the new year as you say, uh, as the Mayor's front page says today, it's the nightmare after Christmas that yeah. I think we'll, just, yeah, we'll be looking towards.
0: And what do you think everybody? Do you think Wish is going to be able to find a path through this? Obviously last night his whipping operation worked well enough, he was seen hugging his chief whip, they've managed to pull it across the line. And only last week remember, his whipping operation was so bad had, they lost a vote on the infected blood compensation deal, uh, which was sort of steered through by Dana Johnson from the Labour benches. So his, his whipping operation is hit and miss. They've managed to pull it off last th- this time, but they screwed it up last week. They could yet screw it up again. There are many more votes to come. And if you have 20 votes on something, because lots of amendments are coming through, then there's a possibility you're going to lose one of them. Leslie says, "Sunak would not have won by this amount if many of the cowards that are against it had not abstained. Um, these are the sort of the 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 abstentions were sort of the right wing headbangers in the party, mm-hmm. I suppose, is the best way to characterize some of them. One or two of them I know quite well and I'm friendly with, but they're still a bit headbanger. Um, <clears throat> and so I don't think they can really be described as cowards as more sort of threatening. I think the cowardly bit here is the One Nation Tories, the, the moderates in the middle of the party who have somehow been persuaded to back a bill which they had previously said they would never back, right? Mm-hmm. And they hated the idea of, they have been persuaded to back a bill which withdraws the right of access to courts for very vulnerable people. They they have backed a bill which withdraws human rights from humans, right? And they've done that because Mainly because the headbangers don't like it. <laughs> and therefore they've they've been persuaded to go, well, we go this far but no further. And mm. that does make me think that, well, when there's some more amendments, they could go, oh, we'll go this far but no further. Oh, we'll go that far but no further. And before you know it, they're they're halfway to hell. And that's mm. that's how these things pan out, isn't it? Unfortunately. Um, mm. Mike says, I wouldn't stake my mortgage on the One Nation Tories voting against a strengthened bill. Thank you, Mike. We agree. Soon that could announce sinking boats in the channel. And The one nation Tories would reluctantly vote in favour. That is very possible, isn't it? But Sophie, I suppose, what are the what are the chances of Rishi losing one of these votes? I mean, we said on Monday's edition of the News Agenda with Lizzie that she's expecting it's about 50-50 He was going to lose last night. And obviously, he's mm-hmm. won the coin toss yesterday. But if you have votes, and well, obviously the, the votes in the Lords will go a different way, maybe, but votes in the Commons for a third reading, you've got the committee stage you've talked about, is it even going to get to the committee stage? Because once people start tacking amendments on, you've got maybe a dozen different votes or more in a night. And mm-hmm. if they're antsy about things, it's one of those amendments we saw in Brexit, didn't we, those the occasional quite minor amendment can lead to a catastrophic failure. That mm-hmm. means someone has to resign.
1: Well, yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? That It's just hard to say right now where we don't know exactly what those amendments are looking like, but As the, uh, with amendments even being on the table, it's just going to bring more chaos and more uncertainty. You know, I I don't know, maybe we could say we're gonna move from 50-50 to 60-40 that he will lose it. The hurdles are only going to get higher. He's only going to get more tired. The people around him are going to get more tired and exhausted and anger and frustration from Tory Mm. MPs. um, And I guess the the level of um, sort of crisis that's going on in the party is only going to deepen. I mean, it's it's a long road ahead for Rishi Sunak. If you know, let's say that this bill does go through and he does manage to start um, sending migrants to Rwanda, we're also going to see that it's probably not going to make a dent in small boat crossing figures at all. The, um, the thing that had the
0: biggest sorry the sorry. The thing that had the biggest impact on the small boat crossing so far has been the deal with Albania to immediately return Albanians. And that's kind of just ended the the business case for that because Albanians don't really have an asylum case.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: But there are, I mean, there's other stories in the paper today about shoplifting gangs who have been trafficked in from all parts of the world, trafficked in by criminal gangs and are operating in London in Edinburgh and big cities just to go out shoplifting. Um, to be exploited, to be treated horrifically, to take all the risks of theft. We're not getting any of the benefit from it. And that money that they make is going to fund further criminal enterprises, drugs, violence, horrible stuff going on, because there's just no checks on this process. Mm-hmm. And there's no proper visa system in place for asylum seekers and so on and so forth. And so people can sneak through and then they just walk out of the immigration centres because you know the trafficker comes and picks them up and and that's that i mean this seems to be something that's far far bigger than just rwanda like you say there's only going to be i mean at most a rwanda has said it could take a thousand people we haven't had said one yet but if you had a thousand people and it's cost you 300 million pounds that's three hundred thousand pounds per person yeah why are we spending 300 grand a trip mm-hmm. to rwanda is probably 600 quid why are mm-hmm. we spending that much money
1: yeah and if we think in the year up to june there were 43000 small boat crossings you know there's going to be huge questions being asked about rishi sunak's other plans as you've already mentioned of housing migrants on the barge Bibi stockholm after we've seen someone tragically um, as reports have shown taken their life on bibby stockholm after warnings about this i mean it's it's a difficult situation for rishi sunak to come back from you know at at, at this point Rwanda's not going to make a dent in it. He's going to have to ask questions about the barge. Um, I just, I, I just don't know if if um, he's going to he's going to be able to sail through this one as he has with many other crises. As as people say, it's it's going to be a general election likely for on migration issues, which mm-hmm. isn't going to be a pleasant one.
0: No, Mike says, Steenak flew an MP halfway across the world twice from a climate change conference. This is the climate change minister who was asked to come back from COP28 to vote and then go back again. He's only here for eight hours. God knows what his carbon footprint was for all that. To get one more vote. And he brought in Peter Bone, who is uh, an MPI disgrace, I think he's under investigation or has been suspended from the whip, isn't it? There's a recall petition, I think, in in Wellingbrook, his constituency, to vote for it as well. So he's even had to bring in disgraced MPs and Mike says it's hardly a glorious victory. So although he's won this one comfortably, a second reading in the Commons should never have been this close for a flagship policy that your entire party really does support. They want to send asylum seekers to Rwanda, all of them. They don't really say no, or rather not, any of them. But it's... For that to be this struggling is kind of astonishing. And, of course, we still have the situation where Rwanda could collapse the deal. Mm-hmm. Rwanda, a country that we have to accept asylum seekers from because it's so dangerous there, um, could well say, do you know what? Uh, I think, Britain, you have abandoned the standards of international decency and we're not going to deal with you anymore. Um, so that could, they could still withdraw token from board, can't they, Sophie? Yeah. I mean, the only yeah. reason they wouldn't is if we pay them even more money.
1: Well, exactly. And they sort of published this statement before saying, you know, if if the UK goes any further in this and isn't aligning with international law, then we're going to withdraw completely from the scheme. So but then you've got Rishi Sunak here saying, well, we can only do the scheme if 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 the bill is exactly as it is right now. But then you've got his MPs saying, "Well, we're not going to vote for it in the future. If it is right now, he's found he's found himself at this dead end, fighting this unworkable policy—a gimmick, as many people have described it as—and um, he's, he's he's bet a lot on this. You know, is mm. this the, is this the hill that Rishi Sunak really wants to 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 lose his leadership on and to be the defining point? You know, it wasn't even a policy. That he pushed forward and it could have been one that he kind of seamlessly put away on the back shelf unfortunately it's a loss but instead he said no oh the supreme Supreme court said it was unlawful okay no problem we'll make some more laws that overcome that and we'll overcome that and we'll keep going and going and going until maybe the bill does passes maybe people are sent to rwanda And we're not going to necessarily be in any better situation. Um, And I think this is because we need to be facing this issue as a moral question. We need to be thinking about these are people. Um, How do we deter people from making small boat, boat crossings? We need to find out what their situation is, where they're coming from and how we can genuinely help them.
0: Mm, yes, that would make sense. Stop them getting on the boat in the first place would probably be the best way of breaking the people traffickers model, which means to A, end the people trafficking and B, perhaps offer them some kind of reception centre somewhere where you can process their claims, um, mm. which would make sense. Uh, but we have this sort of situation, we are where we are, and we have to wait and see how much it, it happens. We've got Rwanda that may yet collapse everything. You've got Rishi's thrown everything on it. And of course, if we think about the last few Conservative Prime Ministers we've had, David Cameron was done by his own party because he de- they demanded the referendum and he gave him it. Theresa was done by her own party because of Brexit, because she couldn't get it through. Boris Johnson was done by his own party because of his own lack of basic lack of morality and common sense. Uh, Liz Truss was done by her own party because she was a competent lunatic. And now we've got Rishi Sunak, and who perhaps because he's an international banker by trade, is so used to operating outside jurisdictions. That he, you know, he has no concept really of like one nation being contained and sort of operating under its own laws. Because he's always been, have several, I just operate internationally. There is, what? I'm a global hedge fund person with a a bank account here and a house there. And laws don't matter to me in quite the same way as they do to everybody else. So he doesn't really understand, I think, that the Supreme Court is supreme. Mm -hmm. Leslie says that conservatives are doing it to themselves. Now I've got that song in my head, Leslie, and I don't think that's what Aretha would want, mm-hmm. but thank you for putting it there. Um, right, we do, we've do. we also got the last Prime Minister's questions today before Christmas, so Rishi Sunak is going to get a beating today in the Commons. There's no way he's going to get through today without some bruises, so tune in at 12 o'clock, we'll be carrying it on these channels, and I'm sure there'll be more calls for a general election from the Labour benches too, um, but until then, uh, we do have some good news for you, and here it is. This will be- Now, uh, a little lad called Louis Jones was born prematurely last year. He was very, very poorly. He had several stays in hospital. He had a bout of meningitis and sepsis, which left his heart permanently damaged. uh, And he needed to replace that heart with, obviously, because of his age, a very, very small organ donor. Now, he was in Alderhay Children's Hospital for 17 months with his mum, Jade, saying that she was crying by his bedside every night, thinking she was about to lose her little boy. But then they got the call. And four months ago, Louis finally got his donor heart. Now, he's back home, and you can see from those pictures, bonny, happy, healthy, well, not this particular picture, but that's when he was in hospital. But now he's back home, and he's a bonny, healthy, happy little lad, looking forward to Christmas. Uh, his parents are hugely grateful to the donor family, who've obviously made a difficult Uh, choice to uh, allow the heart of of their own baby to go into Louis Um, but this is also a win for the Mirrors campaign to change the law on organ donation making it necessary to opt out and therefore saving hundreds of lives like Louis by ensuring there are more organ donors sort of in the system as it were. Sophie I suppose it's not even worth a question but is this proof that Christmas miracles really can happen? isn't it just
1: I mean this is an incredibly heartwarming story the best gift that you could get at Christmas life good health you know to be with family and friends the people you love um it it shows the importance of having these systems including the the opt-out system for organ donors um and the infrastructure that can save lives and and can you know can, can bring that um heartwarming gift and Christmas miracle um yeah
0: yeah it's a wonderful bit of news and it's a wonderful bit of journalism that the mirror did i think for several years i think it was led by our colleague jason Beatty um to actually get the law changed so instead of having to opt in you had to opt out and that just meant there's just more of it and there are more lives being saved and it's a wonderful thing to see and as rachel says it's a lovely christmas story i do hope that louis and his family have a wonderful time this year i'm sure they will be saying stuff the expense and having a great christmas as they should do uh, and uh I hope everyone else has a good Christmas too. We are going to be back next Monday for our final news agenda before Christmas. We have one more. So bring your Christmas hats and tinsel on Monday. Um, But until then, remember, you've got PMQs here later on, uh, and hopefully (laughs) we will all survive until Monday. Who knows if Rishi will? But we'll see you on the other side, everybody. Uh, Until then, tatty bye. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.